Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Parents Past Bedtime. This is Tyler speaking. And your lovely wife, Mackenzie. And this week, I am wide awake and ready to go. I don't know about that. And because I'm wide awake, I can finally take my turn with hosting duties. (laughs) So what do I do? I throw an absolute curveball your way, and I tell you, don't worry about preparing anything because I got it. Yeah, I kept asking you what the topic was this week so I could maybe think about some questions and you refused to budge, which um, anybody that knows me and those that don't, I cannot handle surprises. I must know everything. So we'll we'll see what's in store for today. I don't know. So um, to be completely honest with you, I don't know what we can recap on from last week because I honestly don't remember <laughs> Um the podcast so if you want to do any recap or anything before we get started on the main topic go right ahead. all right i'll do some more heavy lifting um well the big thing that we um ended with like an engagement piece for our audience was having them share a story um that made me tear up either because i laughed so hard or because it was really sentimental um i will say that there were i think a total of like I don't know, three stories shared, which to be fair, our episode was really long last week, but um, there were three stories shared. <laughs> you okay? I burped in your face. Oh. <laughs> okay, so anyway, <clears throat> all three stories I really, really, really loved. Um, But shout out to um, Brianna who shared a story, um, it's going to seem like I'm biased, about my brother-in-law. Um, I don't really know that I want to go into the story because I don't want to like, I don't want to give away their life, but it was really cute. Um, you know, somebody, this is normally when I would just say, fuck it. I mean, F it and do it anyway. And, uh, Mackenzie will bleep that out in post. Anyway. Um, okay. All right. All right. So she shared just how like, um, Nolan, her, her boyfriend and my brother-in-law and Tyler's brother, um, he, you know, was like, I don't want to decorate for Christmas and was very set on not doing that. And then ended up, I think it was like really, um, late at night, early in the morning, um, when she got out of work and he's like, come here, I have a surprise. And so, um, he basically had put lights up in their house and, and bought them, um, their very first, um, cheap Christmas tree. So that was a really sweet story. And then, um, the other story uh, was from my sister and her significant other, and I I can't tell that story without giving away, like, their relationship details, so I don't want to, but anyway, they both receive um, Parents Past Bedtime t-shirts, uh, which I have to give a huge shout-out to um, Diana Robinson, who was um, so wonderful to work with, and um, I told her what I had in my mind as a design, and um, so we came up with the Parents Past Bedtime t-shirt logo, and um, also the saying that is going to be on the front of the shirts, which I'm going to order tonight or early tomorrow morning, I'm ordering tomorrow morning, to morning, um, coining that term, anyway, so I'm really excited because the phrase on the front says... Lovebirds, baby turds, and absurd words. And on the back it says, Join us for late night funnies. And so I have like, I think 10 t shirts I need to order. Um, but two of them are on the house um, to my sister Allie and to my sister in law Brianna. So thank you guys. And all right, go ahead. That was a recap from last week. Just super excited. Because you want to know what today's topic is? Yeah, like, let's go. Well, today's topic. How long are you going to make me wait? Uh, long enough. All right. So today's topic yeah. is uh-huh. something you love to talk about. Oh boy. Yourself. No. That's yeah. Not... All right. Listen. In order for the people listening to better understand our stories, they need to better understand us. So today's topic is I'm going to do a very loosely based interview to you, and we're going to kind of just. Go through your life story. These are not the topics we discussed that, in our Google document I, that we like, brainstormed. Like I said, I like to throw you some curveballs every once in a while. Ugh, talk about our life and our marriage. So first question for you, Kenzie. Okay. Well, hold on a minute. Are we at questions for questions? I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions by the time this is done. So you just buckle up and just kind of keep your hands inside the ride. and we'll, we'll. Can I just say really quickly that... 
if we're gonna talk about me, um, can we thank me for washing our bed sheets and our blanket today? Because they just smell really good and they're very comfortable. You're great. I love you. Okay. So, um, first question: mm-hmm. What do you remember about the day you were born? <laughs> well, obviously nothing. Well, good thing that I uh, got a hold of your mom and I asked her <laughs> <laughs> to kind of send me some info. Um, so I'm gonna read what That's your. That's mo- why my mom. Okay. Th- all right. I'm going to read to you what your mother said. Oh God. Late at night. On the 22nd of April, we dropped Allie and Kyle off with Jane, went to St. Lawrence Hospital in Lansing, and your mother was admitted. And they decided that since your sister Allie was such a large baby, (laughs) and look at your father, (laughs) that they they didn't want to give your mom an epidural because they would need her to push as hard as she could. (gasps) Oh my god, that's such terrible medical attention. So, by the next morning on the 23rd, your Aunt Holly came with your cousin Courtney, and they were all in the room together. <laughs> and your mom's bed was turned into a corner, and Courtney was trapped behind me hyperventilating. <laughs> and the nurse was trying to help both your mom and Courtney breathe. Um, the doctor came in and looked at you, uh, your mom and said, hey, uh, Kenzie's face up, so we're going to have to try to turn her. Something else you know a lot about. I do know a lot about um, that. And, Little Miss Bates. Um, so they thought they got – she said she couldn't remember if they ended up getting you turned or not. Um, but by the time you were delivered, you were really only 7 pounds, 12 ounces, which pissed your mom off because she could have had the epidural. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a terrible – I'm sorry, Mom. So, yeah, you were kind of how you are now upon birth. I'm faced up, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Wait, what were you going to say? I was just going to say kind of an a-hole. But, <laughs> so. That I will agree You to. put your mother through hell. Yeah. But. I still do. You know. God bless her. You know, seven pound, 12 ounce baby Mackenzie, you know, was. April 23rd. Was in the world. Okay. Feel free to send me some snail mail. I've got some more uh, quotes from some people because at this time you're just a little babes. How much? information did you collect here we only got so much time we got enough time your life gets kind of dull I'm in the like middle so anxious right now why would you do this to me because i can um so you know you don't probably remember much of your you know your first couple years on this earth so kind of kept asking your mom and dad some questions and i kind of said you know you know because esme right now we said is slowly well, not so quickly getting a uh, personality. Oh, yeah. Like every day she's she's getting a little sassy, you know? Oh, yeah. So. I mean, look at us. You know, I, I asked your parents like what you were like as a baby because I was curious because I didn't know you as a baby. I didn't know me as a baby. <laughs> and uh, your mom said demanding, <laughs> um, but said she was just kidding. And your dad said you were very. My mom's kidding, but also <laughs> no, not. No, she's not. We all know. <laughs> and your dad said you were very quick and curious. And you were a very fast learner. My dad Mm -hmm. is a sweetheart, but I think he's embellishing things. And um, your mom and dad uh, were not the only people that I talked to. Tyler. I I can't believe all the legwork that you did for this. Yeah, you know, I take this very serious. Look at me in my eyes. You're impressing me. No, look look at me. Please don't do this. No, you did it to me. So. Hey, I love you. Love you too. <laughs> I uh, I also talked to your sister, Allie. Oh God. Um, and I said, "Hey, you know, what's your first memory of your sister?" And she replied with, "When she stabbed herself in the eye with a fork," <laughs> and she was going to explain it. And I said, "No, I will have you explain." So please tell the people listening. How you stabbed yourself in the eye with a fork. Well, okay. I think that was when I was like, that can't be right. Was that? I don't know. I was in single digits, but I was past like four or five and I was eating food at the dinner table. And I think specifically it was um, cut up hot dogs. And I just, all I remember is, so I was sitting next to Allie and then Kyle, my brother, who's like nine years older than me. 
Um, shout out to Kyle if he listens. Anyway, so I all I remember was I think I was goofing around and I had like a hot dog on the end and then like I slipped out of the chair and like the fork went right into my eye. And all I remember is like I was I thought in my memory in my memories I think I was really chill. And then, like, my brother was freaking out, like, because I was bleeding. But it was just, like, a little stabby stab on my, you know, my eyebrow. So I do think I have a scar, but I don't pay attention enough. I've I have ne- so many things on my face, like freckles and, you know, mm-hmm. like other scars. So, so yeah, um, you know, that's, that's just kind of some things that they said about you. That's hilarious. Um, what an idiot child I was. Well, don't, we are just getting started. So... <laughs> Speaking speaking of idiot child. Oh boy. You know, you know what? I should I should speak better of myself because negative self-talk is not I mean, I think you're great, but what do I know? <laughs> you tell me all the time that I'm a moron. And you so. know, and ch- no, and children <laughs> no I don't. Um well, okay. Uh, uh no. Anyway, um, we don't want children to think they're they're stupid, but I really probably could have been a lot more careful. Also, your mom kept asking me if this was a test, and I told her no. I was just literally just needed. Some oh, answers. she just was thinking yeah, you were like checking she, her memory. No, yeah. So, um, what I want to kind of get, get into, <laughs> what I want to kind of get into next is, um, we're gonna skip a couple years. I want to kind of get into you, um, it, like your early school year ages. Um, because I really think that we're going to find that this shapes you a little bit because I know you've been kind of like hinting at what your profession is and not want to say it, but we're going to totally spoil that, uh, today. You're spoiling my, you love spoiling people's secrets. Uh huh. You don't let them speak. You don't let them give their secrets. You don't let them speak it. So <laughs> tell me about, and I, I'm kind of interested because like I said, I didn't know you back then. So tell me about Mackenzie. Elizabeth and Kona, the student. Like what age? I don't know. Just kind of like give me like some highlights. Some, you know, when you started school, like you know, middle school age, high. You know, I don't want to talk about middle school, mm-hmm. and I don't want to talk about high school. Um, I don't know. I remember. I think some of my earliest memories, like our half day kindergarten, just my mom putting me in this like plaid skirt and like curling my bangs but like also burning my head um <laughs> with the curling iron and um I remember my my kindergarten picture was me in like this purple um Pooh Bear uh sweater skirt combo um yeah so that was kindergarten and then I just I remember I loved my teacher Mrs. King which is so like now thinking back on it is ironic like Mrs. like what do you oh my god what do you call that I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm tired. Oh my god, an oxymoron. Thank you, Mrs. King. Get it? Well, anyway, but- I like her. Okay, so second grade, um, I had Mrs. Cooley, and she was absolutely wonderful. And for everybody that likes to say that millennials don't know how to do cursive, um, I learned it in second grade, <laughs> and um, I just don't use it anymore. But I just remember being a huge suck up in second grade. But I enjoyed school, you know, like it came easy to me. And then you want to hear something really funny? That's the point of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny to me, but not to anybody else because, you know, I'm special. But I remember very specifically when we had to read to our teacher. So it was, I'm sure it was some sort of reading assessment. And I remember like there was the first time I came upon a word. Um, I said like Sugals. And then the second time I came to it, it was like, it's like my, in my brain, it clicked and it was like, oh no, that's seagulls. <laughs> so I remember very specifically learning how to read the word seagulls. <laughs> and so I actually use that all the time now in my profession, like just like thinking of like sometimes how kids understanding of words comes to fruition. You just gave me an amazing segue. Okay. Because. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, hold on one second. Okay. I have to do. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I gave you a segue, but I do have to shout out. Um, the, like the next grade that I think of is, um, fourth grade with Mrs. Williams, and I remember like her class was very science heavy, um, and I like totally did a thing on like sharks and the water cycle, and it was when I learned how like I'm not a good drawer, but like when it comes down to it, I actually can kind of draw sometimes. And then fifth grade, shout out to uh, Mr. Mirzma just being super cool. I remember his, um, classes like super, uh, it was history heavy and, um, well, I'm not any buff in history, but I do appreciate his love and passion for history. So that's, yeah, that's my small 
section of my childhood years. Okay. Nothing. Oregon trails. We used to play it all the time in fifth grade. All right. Well, I'm going to kind of go back to some more of the questions I asked the people, you know, okay. and if it jogs any stories or memories, okay. just cut me off and, and talk. Cause okay, I, sorry. I feel like, you know, we could still talk a little bit about you. As... I, I just can't get past the fact that like, nobody wants to hear about me. What? I think the fact that people are listening to this, they do want to hear about you. But I, uh, they so, think it's going to be about parent stuff. No, this is how we became parents. What did All I tell right. you? Everything that you've done before today made you the person that I fell in love with. There's your, there's your cute quote of the look, day. Look right to there. me in my eyes. No, I'm not going to look you in the eyes. <laughs> um, so you kind of you kind of said eyes. it, but as long as I've known you, yeah. eight years now, mm-hmm. You have always wanted to be a special education teacher. Yes. And now you are a very successful special education I don't teacher. Know if I go that far. In my opinion, you I are. appreciate it. Um, so, I just tell you stories. So I asked your mother. Oh, God. I said, has Kenzie always wanted to be a special education teacher? Or were there, was there ever a time that you um, wanted to be something else? And she let me know that there was a point in your life we're, well, you still do, but like it, you are really in, you and you still are in love with animals. So you are really looking forward to I, grow up to be no. a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Now, let me go back to eight year old me. No, let me tell the story and then you can read it. Okay, okay. all right. So the story is I'm like eight years old and uh, we go to the doctor, my yearly checkup, and the doctor says, So. Dr. Tagagishi loved the man. I hope he's doing well. So, hold on, Tyler, because I know you want to I'm just this. getting my next stuff ready. You talk, you talk. So, I'm at the doctor's office, and he goes, so what do you want to do when you get older? And I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, he put me on this. Oh, my God, I'm eight years Oh, my God, you know, I'm eight years old. What do I do? And I said, I, I want to be a vegetarian. <laughs> and as soon as that came out, I was like, and then they just started laughing. And I was like. Uh, it was between that and vet veterinarian and I screwed up. So my I wanted to always be a veterinarian when I was a child, not a vegetarian. And I am not to this day. I, but I do believe that we have a problem with animal consumption in our world and just Which is why you love steak and all that good stuff. I do, but I cook chili without meat. I cook spaghetti without meat. Like I like meat. I'm just saying in general like I got in a fight with a girl in a philosophy class because she told me that the fact that I grew up on a farm where we, animals were butchered, I was a bad person and we got in a huge fight. But this isn't about me. Well, hey, that's, <laughs> that, I remember you telling me that story, though. Um, but yes, of a, a vegetarian, so, I mean veterinarian. You know, I also... A veterinarian or veterinarian? You wanted to be a vegetarian. Haha. <laughs> so, I also figured, you know, what better way to get to know you as a, as a child than to ask your sister, Allie... Mm-hmm. Arguably your best friend. Yes, yes, she was my maid of honor. Yep. yep. So, um, I kind of asked her what it was like growing up with you. Ooh. And she <laughs> said she said that you were an asshole. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. And you were also a neat freak. Oh yeah. And she was not an oh. asshole or a neat freak. So well. because of that, you guys kind of would butt heads a yeah, little bit. Yeah, this is true. Um. And I, was, I would like to point out that she would use my hairbrush. And she took your Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> that's a, We're not talking about that yeah, story. That, that brings up... That's coming to blows doing that. Um, but she she did, you know... She said it wasn't all bad. Um, you know, I kind of asked her, what are some of your favorite, like, memories of you and Mackenzie growing How up? How long did it take her to answer? Uh, she was actually really... She was a lot faster than some of the other people that I asked. <laughs> Let's just say not everyone answered me back. But it's okay. I kind of had a trip to Colorado in the middle, so I wasn't like 100% like waiting for answers. Um, but she said that some of her favorite memories of you growing up. Oh, wow. Was when, I don't know what they would be. When, and I'm going to, I quote, I loved when we got along and cracked jokes together and got mom and dad laughing. My favorite might have to be the half wall in the living room. Wait, does this have to do with puppets or fake stairs? You tell me. I wasn't there. <laughs> okay, did she elaborate? No, she just said my favorite <laughs> we, might have to be the half wall in the living room. We used to watch Austin Powers, and then we were like, okay, we're going to pretend to do like everything he does. Like, And I can't remember which movie it was, but like he pretends to canoe. 
and he goes down the elevator and so like we used to do that all the time and then at one point our parents bought us puppets and so we used the half wall and we like made the puppets talk and sing all right and then uh oh sorry am i not supposed to no no, no you're fine i just okay. um she also said another favorite memory as kids was new year's eve y2k your mom and dad let you guys stay up and eat out uh, on a little table in front of the TV. You guys had pizza rolls. I don't <laughs> That's why we love pizza rolls. And she also said that um, your dad used to put a large sweatshirt on you guys and tie your arms together. Um, behind our backs, yeah. mind you. Okay. Please go on. I'm just I'm just bringing up memories. I here. swear to God, like because you know my parents ab- abided by the law. Like instead of like being a part of dog fighting, they like made us do it. So they would <laughs> give us big sweatshirts, tie it behind our backs, and then tell us to go at it. So we had a good time. That was really fun. Um, Did she tell you we used to watch Bad Boys Two every day one summer for? I life? mean, she's has told me, but. Not during this. Not during this. We bonded so much over Bad Boys 2. Um, before I lead, lead, read the last thing that okay. Allie said, yeah. would you like to Would you like to say anything to your sister? <sighs> that was really sweet of you, sis, even though you called me an a-hole. But I, that was rightfully deserved. You know what? I would like to, and I know I've told her this in person, but I would like to publicly apologize because like, Allie has such a good heart and is so wonderful and I just when I was a kid I had a really hard time like I feel a lot of things and I had a really hard time like filtering what I should say and what I shouldn't and so I think I let a lot of things slip and they were directed towards my sister when they shouldn't have been you know and um my sister got like a lot of shit just for a lot of things um and it was like when they did it to her I would get super defensive and so like you know, they say the people you're most comfortable with, you tend to, like, act a certain way towards, um, like, negatively. And I just, like, want to apologize for, like, all the years of being, uh, like, sometimes when I felt like a crap sister. But now as, like, adults, I just feel like we both just get each other and we're more mature. Not 100% mature, but, like, more mature. And so I think that, that our relationship is very special and my sister would do, like, anything for me and that's just really special to have somebody in your life that will do that for you so so the last thing that i asked Allie. oh boy you had to did she text all this yeah the I'm last surprised. the last thing that i asked Allie was you know what is her favorite thing about you now and she said okay wait hold on so what is my favorite thing no, what is Allie's favorite thing about you now oh god um we're kind of skipping ahead but i then I can delete this and I won't get my notes all messed up. So we're just going to... I know you said, oh, you did a lot of planning and I just made... Yeah, I know. You did like copy-paste. I just that would have been too much work. I just screenshotted stuff, so... That's okay. Um, she wants... She said her favorite thing about you now um, is that she looks up to you and she is so proud of you and I'm so happy and she is so happy of the way that you turned out Um the way that you did and that you never let anything stop you from what you want. That is a very nice compliment all in a very vague way, but like wrapped up in like this really nice bow. And so I know exactly what she means. She likes She can say something and I can read between the lines. So I love you, sis. So I'm going to save the nice things your mother and dad said about you until the uh, end. You can just tell me in private. That's okay. No, I'm going to tell you now because I'm, I'm going to try to get you to cry. I don't I... want to cry. I almost so, cried with what Allie said. I don't want to cry. Speaking of crying, I know you didn't want to talk about high school, but I, I've really only seen pictures of Mackenzie in high school, and I need to know what was going on oh, I was... in that head because it leads to Mackenzie in college, and spoiler alert, Mackenzie meeting me, and that's the part I really am excited to get to. You really want me to talk about high school? Yeah, talk. go ahead. Talk about high school. Well, I was from... Well, you were from a small town, but I was from a really small town, which shout out to, like, any of my um, Maple Valley alum, 2009. Um, high school was a place... So, I work in a high school now, 
and I I just feel like I didn't really belong in high school but I think a lot of people feel that way um so high school me realized or did a lot of things so I had this like you know I had this overarching I feel like positive personality about life I knew I wanted to do certain things but I think I let a lot of like um I know we use the word drama but I let a lot of life situations get to me and affect me in a way that like I didn't want to at that time and I feel like I was I I was learning right like I was learning about life and how to be a good person and I think generally I was but I think there was a lot of I think a lot of people have a lot of things that they wish didn't happen but I think after meeting you and marrying you and you telling me like hey like everything that you did up before we met you know like is there is the person you know that's who you turned into because of all those experiences and I love you and so I'm like well you know maybe if I hadn't made mistakes I'd still be in a certain situation that maybe you know wouldn't have ever led me to you and so I high school was I had really good mentors in my life like I think that's the one thing I really remember is shout out to like Miss Kalizzi um let's see Miss Cerny um there were like so many people I mean like my mom and dad um and then I also had um I was working at an intermediate school to eat an intermediate school district and so I started that was kind of where I started um my passion for like special education and advocating for students who need support and so anyway high school was great I I worked too many jobs to I feel like enjoy a social life but I kind of did it on purpose because sometimes being social in high school can be bad (laughs) so you kind you kind of like went and said that's where you got so like what yeah I've told you a thousand times like I know that I could not be a special education teacher was there ever a time that you wanted to just be a general ed teacher or was it always special ed it was always special ed I mean there was no question about it and you know you asked me this question because you know how I feel about providing special education services so special education I'm gonna get all like riled up um special education I, I want I want them to get to know you better Special education is a service. It's not a place. And so when we talk about what special services students receive, it's, it's individualized education. It's what, what helps you succeed so that I can be a successful teacher. And, I mean, one of my newly forming philosophies after being um, six years in the education field, which really isn't much compared to some, but my wisdom in my six years is that there should never really be what's called general education. I think everything, um, if we look at special education positively, I mean, it's special, it's individualized. We cater to our students um, rather than catering to our teachers. And we do what's what's right, not what's easy. And so um, it was always special education. It, there, was never, there was never a question about it. And so, yes, there are special populations like who need um, different types of supports, but like you and I as an individual that maybe doesn't have a visible disability like there are things in our life that we prefer that make our life easy and so why does that have to be you know what I mean why do we have to call that special just like if people were to care about your and I's needs you know like we all need different things and we um but anyway so education is always reforming and uh, I hope one day um, to be on the, the right side of education reform and do what's best for kids. So mark my words. So <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a softball question. Okay. Um, softball question. I, I mean, as, as long as I've always said, I really hope Esme takes after you when it comes to school. Um, not because, like, I don't take school seriously. I sucked at school. I feel like I sucked at school. I, I, there's a difference between feeling like you suck at yeah, school and, and sucking at school. Yeah. Uh, because, like, when I was in high school, I was one of those students who really didn't try very hard and was able to get A's and B's. And then when that translated to college, uh, I could not do that anymore. Um, but this podcast isn't about me. And I just always feel like when it comes to school or, like, doing homework and classwork, you are on top of your stuff. Um, perception so, is everything, right? Like how somebody looks at me and how I look at myself. Like I always tell you, you're too hard on yourself. 
Yeah, but, like, I'm such a procrastinator. Like, there's a reason I'm freaking out on a Sunday night because I didn't do my work. And then I have people in my cohort or in, you know, at work and they're like, oh, yeah, I got that done, like, forever ago. But then I do know, like, a lot of people I work with be like, oh, my God, you, like, get so much done. And I'm like, no, really, I don't. You know, like, I don't feel like I do. Um, So I, I do work with a lot of amazing people. But anyway... Well, you gotta get you gotta get people around you that build you up. So that's why I married you. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm great. So I love you. When, so when did you know that you were gonna go to CMU? Because I'm assuming you you decided to go to CMU. Uh, because, yeah, a month before I went. Okay, now were you like me and that was like the only place you applied to? Um. Or yeah. So once I found out that Central Michigan University had a really good teaching program, and that was where one of my um, mentors had went to school, and she like shared a lot of her experience with me, there was no question. Like I, I was gonna apply to um, Michigan State University, um, as well, and like I didn't. I will tell you this: I didn't have big dreams because I didn't think I was going to college. Like it just, it just didn't seem like something that was gonna happen for me, and so I literally like figured out for sure I was going to CMU a month before I went, so like in July. And then um, I, I I knew it was going to be central because it was the only place that like I knew I could get a teaching degree and feel like really good about it. So it was always central. And I'm so glad it it's was. It's so crazy to hear you say that you didn't think you were going to go to college because... No, don't do by, it. Well, no, because by the time I met you, yeah, like... Not that you're, like, someone who's, like, oh, everyone needs to go to college. You're very much, like, it's not for everyone. Yes, you know? I know. Yeah. But, I, but yeah. as far as you are, you are concerned, as much as you maybe say you dislike school, you are someone who very much likes to learn. And because of that, you're I feel like you're constantly going to be going to school. I don't think you'll ever stop going to school. Um, so, you know, was it leading into college that you kind of switched and really got into that? Or was it at cmu your first year like when when did the switch <sighs> when did that switch happen these are deep questions and i keep like looking at the the time uh lapsing and don't don't worry about time this at elapsing. one at one point i this is kind of what i wanted to do was ask people questions so I know, this is like, just practice for me well i just you know i get so wordy and that's, passionate that's about fine this. if they don't want the best part about the podcast it's like netflix when you want to stop watching you can just turn it off so your question was, have I always felt this passionate about learning? Yeah. The answer is no. Okay. The answer is I realized, so I had no idea how I was going to get through five and a half years of my undergrad, and that's just what the program was. It wasn't because I didn't do what I was supposed to at the time. The central um, program for special ed was five and a half years, and um, so a year of student teaching. So I literally, I struggled. I struggled with um, my general competencies. I struggled with just like feeling like I had the the correct writing skills, um, the research skills. I mean, it was just a shame how much I wasn't ready for that. And so I felt like my first, my undergrad was like, like sink or swim. And like, thank God, you know, I had, I had floaties, uh, my safety nets and my safety nets were just the support and the people in my life that were like, I know you feel like you can't do it, but you can do it. Which is why I say like, don't push college on people if they're, they don't, you know, they don't want to do it and they're not ready or you don't have to go to college, right? Like you can go to a trade school or you can just do, do what you want because you know, that success looks different to everybody, but um, I think I realized, so in my first year of teaching, um, I went to a conference and, um, the conference was very much like reading heavy. It was like all about how to get kids to be passionate and love reading. And basically it's, you have to mirror that passion. And I thought, oh my God, like if I don't love reading, like my kids aren't going to love reading. Like how do I get kids who, who struggle to read? It is the absolute worst thing for them in the world to love reading. And so I realized, okay, I have to be passionate about it. So um, I started to become a better reader and I was 23 years old. And I was also, you know, like, so through the next couple of years, I just realized that, like, if I want to be a teacher, I have to be a lifelong learner. And it's not, I love learning, sure, but it's not like it's easy. Like, it's constantly, so anybody who is a lifelong learner or somebody that learns something new, like, and takes the time to do that, 
it's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work to learn how to do things and to commit to always wanting to better, you know, yourself and your understanding of the world and certain topics you've never taught. I think the greatest thing is being a co-teacher, having experience now with like teaching higher level high school English and government and, um, you know, math, like just being a part of all of that has really opened my eyes to how much I don't know. And so as a teacher, we have to be careful because we're, we're so passionate about learning. We want to learn everything, but like, you have to like stop, which I need to take my own advice, but yeah. Did I answer? I thought you did a wonderful job. So, um, we're going to get to the first interaction between you and I, even though we didn't interact, Okay. but you and I like to, do I get a chance to ask you questions? Hey, when you're the host of the podcast, you can do whatever you want. Okay. So, um, it was at the end of your freshman year that you did the Disney stuff, yeah. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you don't have to get into it. Mm-hmm. But, something you and I like to joke about is, later on, when we were dating, we found out that while you were working at Disney, mm-hmm. I, because I'm a year younger than you, so it would be the end of your freshman year. Mm-hmm. I was ending my senior year, and me and my friends were in Disney. And I just, one of my biggest regrets in life is that we don't have a picture of you in your Disney stuff. And I was, like, in the background. You know how sometimes those people... All right, it, that picture has to exist. Because... I, I feel like, I want to I say that we saw each other in Disney, and it was, like, destiny. You know? Honestly, like, I feel like... That was it. Because, like, come on, like, Florida at Disney. Because it was Magic Kingdom you guys spent a lot of time in, right? Well, we, I think we, we just kind of went to all the parks. Oh, you we, went we, to all the parks. Well, we, okay. had, we had the this pass thingy, and you could just go to any park. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember going to Pesco Bills or whatever. Pe- Pecos Pe- Bills. Pe- Pecos Pecos Bills. Bills. Baby. Pecos Bills. Pecos Bills. Pecos Bills. Yeah. We sold really good taco salads. It was great. Worked in Frontierland. Come on, you know you want to tell them. Uh, my cousin Allie uh, is really into Disney. Unfortunately, as we learned listening to her podcast, Ugh. that she she was going to kind of go and do the same thing, right? Is it the same program or was it different? Um. So her program. Oh my gosh! I what did she say? So Allie, I first just want to tell you I'm really sorry because it's it's so wonderful to be able to do. They absolutely um provide you with an opportunity of a lifetime, but. Man, what did she say? It wasn't well. So, she, she was gonna do more, I believe, like the hospitality, like public yes, relations yes, side. Yes, like, it was. Yes, I think so. she said it was at a hotel. And Allie, you'll have to correct us if we're wrong. But yes, hospitality, because hospitality. <laughs> it's tired. I'm tired. Um, but no. So um, yeah, coronavirus. Like it's just it's such a bummer that like you know we need to keep into consideration like health and safety because I know a lot of individuals have been so affected by this so Allie I really hope that they extend an offer to you again um but yeah there were so many things you could do and I wanted to this is the only story I'll tell about Disney and then we'll move on other than like I just gotten dumped before I moved down to Florida so like it was a crazy time for me um it was crazy so that's all I'll say about Disney which was like what I feel like all kids experiences were um working at Disney college kids living in um the Pepsi Cola well, housing what? system. What? Didn't you room with Pocahontas and Cinderella? Oh yeah, I had a roommate that um got hired for attractions, and um it was like two days into her training, she was approached by a Disney like representative, and there and they said, which is totally stereotyping, right? Like totally based off looks, which I I honestly don't know that I feel okay about this, but they said, hey, you look a lot like Pocahontas. Can we pay you, like, to be Pocahontas I mean, if you're going to be a Disney princess, though, Pocahontas is not a bad Disney Oh, no, no. That's not what I meant. I just, it's like... No, I... I, Because you look a certain way, but, like, it's hard because for characters that aren't in, like, fuzzy costumes, I mean, you you kind of have to, right? So, um, anyone for Ariel, like, to fit into some of the costumes, you have to be, like, a certain size. Anyway, I can't tell Disney secrets because whatever... But my one story... Um, our podcast gets canceled by Disney. Yeah, Disney's <laughs> like, I'm coming after you. You told our secrets. Yeah, there's like so many things you're not allowed to tell. But, um, crap. Oh, yeah, Disney. So I, I had to... So I wanted to apply for like a character position, right? So I wanted to like act. I could see you being Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Well, so what happened was... Um, so I applied and I... So it was like, what areas do you want to apply for? 
And then um, it was like, you know, if you want to apply to be a character, you have to go to like Ann Arbor. Well, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car and it, that would have been like, I don't know, four or five hours away from Central. Maybe four hours away. No. So anyway. Distances um, are tough. <laughs> well, I don't have my Google Maps. But anyway, I say that all the time. Ooh. I didn't go. So anyway, I did it again. I interviewed and I ended up getting offered the position for just like a food service, which at the time was because I'd worked at McDonald's for a long time. And so I worked in food service for, I don't know, five months. And then at the end of my program, you can file for an extension. Um, So I filed for an extension and I tried out to be a character and I made it. But then they said, hey, um, we don't have any open spots. So unfortunately, even though you were, you know, like you made it to be a character, none of the kids that were characters or a lot of them didn't leave their position. So there's none open. Uh, so I was going to be a character in the range of like 5'8", which includes like Goofy, um, I think it's Sleeping Beauty. So there's a, so like you're a range, like however tall you are, like you're mm-hmm. that range. Um, yeah, so that was my Disney story, but, okay. Okay, if you... I feel like we were, it's just enough about me. If you could have picked any of the Disney characters to be, like, you got to choose, who would you have been? Honestly, over time, like, I just, like, don't care anymore, and I know that sounds so mean, like, about the opportunity, because it would have been an amazing opportunity, but it's just kind of like, I know for training you have to be you have to be all of them. So, so for me to be like, I want to be this character. It's, I never really had a preference. Like if I was acting and making kids happy, that was, that was fine. Now some costumes are a lot heavier and hotter than others. So whatever costume required me to not be hot and heavy. So (laughs) yeah, I would have either liked to have been Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Or Eugene from Tangled. Well, Tangled wasn't out then. Oh, well, okay, then. But you'd want to be Eugene. I feel like I, I feel do like love I, my Flynn Rider. Well, it's because it's Zachary I Levi. Know, I know, I love my Zachary Levi, like Zachary too. Levi. Yes, I do. So, um, we're going to fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Okay. We mentioned this story last week, uh-huh. and I was able to get another perspective on it. Um, as we said, I took you home for the first time. Okay. And I kind of left you alone. Oh, um, yeah, with your mom. With my mom and dad. With your mom. Um, I did not ask my mom and dad for anything. Instead, uh, my brother Mitchell. <laughs> oh, my, my baby brother Mitch. Um, he let me know about his first impression of you, Mackenzie. Oh, gosh. Is this going to make me cry? So, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So, Mitchell's first impression of you... Mm-hmm. He said, my first memory of Mackenzie was hearing a voice that I didn't recognize in the kitchen, (laughs) coming downstairs and looking into the kitchen from the stairs, and seeing her backlit from the morning sun all smiles and bright. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. He said that you seemed pretty outgoing, and you were pretty, and that he was way too shy to talk to you, (laughs) so he just went back upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so which like she's not from this which stuff. which now it's really funny because Mitchell is anything but shy. Yeah, well, well I would say he he chooses who he would like to I guess open up to. I I know him very well, so I know he's he you know yeah, he's you're, like you're, he and I are very similar in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah. so so my question well, to him Mitchell doesn't have a big mouth like you. Yeah, so I said Mitchell, um, has it has that changed at all? Like, do you still think she's all bright and smiles? <laughs> And Mitchell said that while he no longer is shy around you, because uh, he it's because you are very disarming. Which to Mitchell, that's a fancy way of saying like you're really good at getting people to like open up. Okay. Um, but it's Mitchell, and he uses fancy words like yes, I disarming. Yes, I love it. I love his fancy. Um, words. he said that it didn't take more than the first weekend to get to know you, um, and it really helped kind of 
get comfortable around you when you started to burp and snort when you laughed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't burp when I laugh, he, but I do snort when I laugh and I burp a lot. He said that it made you much more approachable. <laughs> <laughs> I do that for my students, too. No, so, I'm just kidding. I do not. So, I mean, we've kind of gone into, like, this part of, like, hey, you know, um, you and I together we kind of did a little bit like when we talked about dating and stuff like that. So I don't really want to get into like the dating scene too much, Mm -hmm. but I was just kind of curious if you could kind of talk about like leading up to us starting to go out and like afterwards. Cause you pretty much, I mean like the first year we met, we didn't live together because we were already, we already had living arrangements, but we spent a lot of time with each other. And then after, then the next year we didn't cause again, we, had different living arrangements but then we lived together pretty early on we've lived together for like six years yeah because yeah two years we didn't live together. well like seven and a half because like i said we were no it's not eight because we were met in the summer i'm stupid my brain doesn't work <laughs> so you know i guess you know how did your life and this is gonna sound like a really like conceited but like how did your life change when you met me like like because i always joke around that there was pre-me Mackenzie and post-me Mackenzie. Because I hear from a lot of your friends all these crazy stories about, like, party Mackenzie. And I have seen very uh, responsible and well-behaved Mackenzie. And I saw a glimpse of it at Seth and Kaylee's wedding when you were doing shot- when you were shotgunning beers with the Seth's friends. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but, you know, like, so, like, what, like, what was it just happened to be around that time when you decided to, like... Not, like, straighten it up, but, like, you know, you and I say we, we grew up a little bit, you know? But. Yeah, um, I'll get a little sappy here, but I think... I'm listening, I'm just getting my snack stuff ready. Your snack stuff? No, my next, like, stuff. So, so are you listening? I'm listening to you. Okay. Um, I felt like... I was in a pretty serious relationship in high school and then things like just didn't work out um, because of like, I think just who we are and our just fundamental differences, but, um, and no harm, you know, like no ill wishes or anything. Um, And I was, I was at fault and um, well, I take on the full blame even though there were things that happened. And so I think after that, ever since then, I I was just trying to figure out, um, I'm very much a relationship person. I'm very much like I have so much love to give and I need to give it to somebody. And I think that I just was as crazy and outgoing as I could be because I wanted to put myself in situations, like whether that was good or bad, like where, um, you know, like people would notice because I was hoping that like maybe somebody found me good enough and I think a lot of women go through that and like maybe don't do what I do but there are lots of people that put themselves out there continuously um which is really hard to do but just so that way somebody will notice them and I think having said that which is really hard for me to admit out loud um oh there's our neighbor's charger (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so having said that because I I couldn't say what I'm going to say without saying that. So I just felt this, like, really big need to always, like, gain somebody's acceptance. And I always felt like there was just this uneasy feeling that, you know, I would be... Not that I, not, not that I would be alone. It was this uneasy feeling of, like, I don't know these people. You know, like, maybe I'll date them or maybe I'll hang out with them. But I don't really know them. You know, I can't really trust them. You know, things they do send mixed messages. And so, you know, and when you're trying to find the person that you love and and want, like, or want to date and then love and then want to marry, right? So you're finding this person and you want to find somebody um, that is consistent and 100%. But you don't really believe that's out there based on your previous relationships. I mean, how can you, how can you know that you're going to find somebody that's good to you and good good for you. And when they say they're going to do something, they're going to do something. Because I would say the most valuable thing that both you and I have are, like, how we feel and who we are. And so if you don't have faith in somebody and taking care of all that you are 
and all that you love and all, you know, that you believe in, that's a problem. Well, I just remember very clearly that it took maybe the second or third time that we hung out for me to say, I feel safe. I feel like I like I just like there was this wave of calm that like came over me when you know we were dating like this whatever this kid says he's gonna do like he's gonna do it and I bet you wish I still no you do (laughs) no I asked you to do so much you even like made the bed for us this evening and I just think how lucky and like even in these last eight years like you do not disappoint I mean, like, that we have we have fights about things and we disagree or there's things I get upset about and which one of the things I get upset about is that you don't get upset, <laughs> which has always been something, but... I get upset and then normally when I do, it's for something stupid that's not worth getting no, upset about. No, I, I... No, but... I mean, I don't want to interrupt you, but that's not true, I don't think. Mm. I don't think you really get upset about much. And so... Anyway, like, after eight years of, like, going through everything, it's, like, at the end of the day, like, you're just trying to be better for me. And, like, that's what marriage is about. Look at you dropping. I didn't know how I was going to bring this up. Please don't start crying. Because I, you know, if you start crying, we'll have to end early. And I'm, like, I'm getting some good stuff here. I like this. Um, but speaking of like, well, I'm not finished because oh, you're... no, because, um, I remember, so we talked so much about, um, you dropping me off at your parents <laughs> <laughs> and then just leaving me. But, um, one of the reasons we got married in your backyard and it was my dream was because when I met your family, I was like the whole world feels safe now, you know, like it was just, how can I meet another set of people, um, that I can like call my family and have a close relationship with. And since then it's proven time and time again, um, you know, that love that is so vast. And then also we're just gaining siblings, you know, like left and right. So yeah, that's why we got married in your backyard, your parents' backyard. So I didn't know how I was going to work this in, which I'm really glad you started like speaking like philosophically and like, super deep. <laughs> That's because, how I feel. Because something, and I mean, I'm going to say it, but if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. Okay. Something that people might not know about you is that you are, in my opinion, a very good writer when it comes to like poetry and stuff. Ugh. And I have always told you that I think you need to collect your poetry and, and self-publish or, and I don't know how that process works, but, um, you know, I, I would like to kind of not like just go talk about like, oh, this is when this happens. You know, some some things that you like. So like like I said, I you're someone who, you know, we talk about you love you have a passion for reading, but I also think you have a passion for writing. Um, I'm not you, very good at it, but yeah, I mean, agree to disagree. Um, is that I mean, have you always found that it was easy or maybe to put things into words how you were feeling to describe things or so? um Poetry or songs to a lyric are poetry. And so I'm I'm very, when I say musically inclined, I don't mean like, I'm not saying I'm good at it. What I'm saying is like, I prefer... You have a very good singing voice. I No, I prefer to listen to music. I prefer to dance. Like, I'm very much all about music and all things music. And so, um, you know, once again, like, lyrics are a form of poetry. And so... I think because I'm musically inclined, what happens is when I have these thoughts, they kind of come into my head as like like a rhythm, you know, and poetry has rhythm and songs have rhythm. And so when I have, when I'm, a lot of times I write when I'm very emotional about something, which is kind of one of the reasons I'm really hesitant to, to publish is because um, when I'm very heated and very upset, like I write and I write and sometimes things are like, hurtful and truthful you know and I just never want to like publish my poetry and then somebody be like that was about me or like not that it was about a person but like a situation that like made me feel a certain way because you don't want to make people feel bad right um but I do have a lot of I think positive poetry too um but I but in anybody that writes poetry 
I don't know, I feel like there's just a rhythm, like their thoughts come out in a rhythm and then you just start, you know, putting it on paper and trying to make it look the way, like, you know, in stanzas and, I don't know, look how it sounds or should be said. Hmm. So, we're getting close to an hour. Yeah, we need to wrap this up, baby. Um, I mean, I feel like this is something we could have talked about for like two hours. You're a very interesting person. I honestly find that really funny that you say that because I feel like I live, I love my life and I'm super thankful for everything and there's not a but, but I truly like don't feel like there's anything interesting there. Like I just do what everybody else does. Yeah. Well, I mean, but everyone, everyone has a story to tell in their own way. This is true. And I, like I said, I thought it was very important, which... I was, I'm not going to lie, I was about 40% ner like 40, 60, but like the 40 was, I was nervous that when you heard that this is what I was going to do, that you would be not like mad, but like upset and kind of like close in. And I did not have a backup plan because to me, like I said, I think it's very important that people get to know us better. So that way when we tell stories or we have a, like opinions and stuff later on in the podcast, they kind of know where we're coming from. And I do think that when people listen to this, they will agree with me when they say that if we would have gone two hours, that they still would have been interested in listening. Like I said, you can break it up into chunks. You don't have to listen to an hour straight. This is true. Um, so I would like to thank you for letting me to semi-interview you. I didn't want to get too deep. You know, I didn't want to, like, get into, like, the psyche of, like, try to, like, Sigmund Freud you into, like, well, admi- yeah. admitting you love your parents. Or something like that. I do you know? love my parents. But, I love your parents. You know, so um, the I can never remember the name of the section, but like the shout out section. Oh, the uplifting gift. So we're gonna actually do the uplifting gift to you this week. Oh my gosh! Um, and I've got two final quotes from your parents. Oh my gosh! Um, I said I asked them to, um, you know, tell me something that you would like to pass along to Mackenzie. Would you like me to do your mom or your dad first? How about my mom? Your mom said um, that she loves the fact that when you set uh, you set goals, not intending to reach them, but to surpass them, and that she loves yourself uh, your determination. And your father said that he could not be prouder of you. He couldn't love you more than he does. Couldn't be happier for the two of us. And that he will always be here when we need us. Or when we need him. Sorry, I was reading it in first person trying to say it in third person. Um, So, I just wanted to let you know at the end of this podcast that there are people in this life, that world, that think highly of you. I think some of our fans think very highly of you. Um, And while you're wiping away your tears, I'm going to give Esme her piece of advice. And it's Esme. We know you're our biggest fan. And one day when you listen to this and you learn a little bit about your mom, just know that everything she said is what helped her become the amazing mother to you that she is today. Are you going to be able to say goodbye or you want me to do the exit too? (laughs) That was really nice of you. I have, I, like that. I have my moments. You're so annoying. <laughs> so, um, I would like to thank everyone for listening. I've got a feeling that going forward, our episodes are probably going to be more around an hour. We tried to say they're, they're going to be 30 minutes, but Kenzie and I love to talk. So, um, really nice. please uh, comment below. On how much you guys love Mackenzie, but not too much because I'll get jealous. No, don't comment. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. I literally want to give a message, but I can't think. That's all right, babe. I did all they like I said. Everyone got to got to know Mackenzie a little bit more. Subscribe and then also look. uh, We're gonna post our T-shirt design on Insta. So. Oh yeah, Uh, I guess that's Mackenzie. I noticed uh, you. Did like an ad read? You made an Instagram page. <laughs> you just like went. Which is funny because you're the one with the PR degree, a hole. Yeah, well, you know, I, 
I not like I don't take this seriously, but I thought this was just gonna be like something united for fun. I didn't know we were gonna try to like create an empire out of it. <laughs> we're not. We're not. Uh, Anchor was like, create this, create this ad, and I was like, all right, I'll become a voice actor. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, JB and I listened to it in Colorado, or not JB, Jesse and I listened to it in Colorado, and your uh, your voice was very like friendly for ad reading. So. <laughs> Um, again, thanks. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks guys. Uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, learn a little bit more about Mackenzie. Yeah. Thanks for listening all about me. And, uh, if you guys have any,